I'm Chris, he's Jacob, and this is Brews with Brews. Welcome to the very first. I'm not sure why it's very first. Can it be somewhat first? Is that a thing? An amount of firsts. Some some significant fraction of a first of a podcast. So uh, let's talk about why the heck we're talking about X-Wing, I guess, Jacob. What is it that has us so ridiculously hooked on X-Wing at the moment? I'm not sure of the uh, exact combination of things that has drawn us to this game of spaceships, but there's certainly, certainly something very enjoyable about the game and Chris and myself have uh, found ourselves often pining over a beer, discussing some, some X-Men related stuff, and we thought maybe we'd share those thoughts with everyone. They probably don't really want to hear them, but this is more just for our vanity's sake, let's be honest. That, that is fair, that is fair. <laughs> so, uh, in the uh, glasses tonight we have Yenda Pale Ale. Uh, from, from New South Wales? Uh, it's got a, a, a handy little intensity rating for both malt and hops, and uh, we've got a, a 3 out of 5 for malt intensity and a 2.5 for hop intensity. Would you say that's an accurate description of the beer we're drinking, Chris? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be frank, I'm, I'm not I'm getting a 3.5 out of malt based on my current sample size of one beer which uses this rating scale. I'm not quite sure what it's calibrated to, Jacob. I think it's just, uh, just a number, Chris. Just a number. <laughs> just arbitrary. The, the important thing is we have beers. <laughs> <laughs> always, always a good way to uh, start our conversations about X-Wing. Yeah, typically uh, Chris and I, when we, we, we sit down with a beer and start discussing some, some X-Wing lists or some of the games we've just played, typically we, we, we drink a beer, we start a second beer, and then suddenly the ideas start flowing. <laughs> we uh, maybe attempt to order chips and instead get served calamari. Uh, that, that's a story for another time, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to bring it up. You were severely traumatized by that uh, calamari can recommend against the International Hotel in Spring Hill. Uh. <laughs> Jesus. I'll just cross them off our sponsors list. Yeah, they're not going to be giving us any money anytime soon. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's talk a bit about our local X-Wing scene. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a, a local X-Wing community in, uh, in Brisbane, Australia, which is where we are based for our podcast. Uh, it's split across several different stores. Uh, Chris, and, Chris and myself, we tend to find ourselves at Good Games Brisbane, uh, which is in Spring Hill. Fancy that. <laughs> uh, we have a, a small little community of reasonably casual X-Wing players who we uh, kick the ships around with a few times a week. Like, sometimes quite literally just kick them around after a particularly shitty set of dice rolls, but... Yeah, it depends on how many blanks I roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so then there's also a pretty significant community down south at Irresistible Force, which is where probably the more competitive players tend to hang out. Uh, and they just had a gigantic store championship there a few weeks ago. I believe that is correct. And we are leading up to their regionals towards the end of May, which mm. I'm, I'm assuming are going to be quite large. I can only imagine, given the size of the store champs. Yeah. 
Not only that, but uh, in a week's time, we have the ATC happening down in uh, in Canberra. I, I think it might be two weekends' time. Two weekends. Uh, right. it's, it's certainly coming up soon. We have we have the Australian Team Championship for X-Wing. By the time this gets published, it was probably three and a half months ago. So Yeah, depending on how quickly we get off our, our asses and put this on the internet. But uh, that, that's certainly an interesting format. Do you, do you want to run us through the format for that, Chris? You got yeah, the details sure. for it there? Yeah, so, uh, so the ATC format is a, a team list-building format. Uh, and so each state puts together a team of six players. And across those six lists, they have to conform to the entire set of six lists can only have one copy of each unique named upgrade and or character. Uh, and they're also split on faction oh, as well. Oh, indeed. Two, two, two Imperials, two Rebels, and two Scum and Villainy. Yeah, so uh, it certainly encourages some diverse lists because we don't just see six Poe Dameron lists, thank God. <laughs> Definitely, definitely not just you know multiple sets of robots on every table. Yeah, I'm pretty okay with that. <laughs> not a fan of robots, but that's fine. Uh, I believe that also none of the lists can be exactly the same. So even if you're to say playing four TLT Y wings for your scum list, both players can't be playing four TLT Y wings. That's fine, right? You just put in like an unhinged astromech, and you're fine. Yeah, yeah, just switch it up a little. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, spicy, spicy astromech. Um, so yeah, so we've been looking at some of the lists that have uh, been made public for that. And there's a bit of spice out there, Jacob. Uh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll start with uh, discussing a couple of the Queensland lists that have caught our eye. Oh, please. So uh, do, you want to, do you want to start us with the, the Rebel one that you were quite excited about? The, uh, the Tycho list? Oh, I'm extremely excited by this. So uh, we've been talking for a while about trying to find the right six-ship build to put together. For Rebels. Yeah, indeed. Because the, the current meta is kind of pushing towards five-ship lists because of the predominance of the... Uh, Triple jump master lists. The uh, the contracted scout times three. Yeah, so uh, so we've been trying to think of ways. How can we put together a six rebel ship list? Uh, and the issue is just the rebel aces are really expensive, and it's really hard to put in a decent ace and still have enough ships to be able to put together a six ship list. Uh, it seems that uh, one of the the local players has uh, cracked that mystery. Yeah, so let's see what they've put together. So their list has Tycho with veteran instincts, uh, the A wing test pilot title, which allows them access then to push the limit. They also have auto thrusters and proton rockets. And the remaining ships are five Talus Squadron Z95s. So, Jacob, let's, uh, let's talk about this ace, Tycho. Tycho is definitely a strong ace. He contributes to one of the, the most important things in, uh, in X-Wing, which is uh, action economy. Mm. Obviously, uh, the more actions you get to take, the more options you have. And Tycho's not... Not not locked into uh, not taking actions when he pulls red maneuvers or when he comes up against stress spots, etc. Yep. yep, he's got so, a very set of uh, very diverse set of actions he can choose from as well there. And he's obviously able to take multiple a turn every turn with his push the limit with no downside because that stress isn't going to affect him at all. Indeed, uh, not only that, but it's also got proton rockets, which with the uh, high agility on the A wings means you can have a very bursty turn after you uh, push the limit to target and. Focus. Yeah, it's a quite a quite a strong, strong piece of ordnance on this particular ship. Unfortunately, he's gone with auto thrusters, so we haven't got a chance to see the new guidance chips mm. in effect here. But I think auto thrusters for such a, a nippy little ship are going to be probably worth it more in the long run. I, I think so. I think so. A wings are not particularly tanky, so I think autos are good there. So uh, what about the uh, five Talus Squadrons? What's your uh, take on that? I know it, you're a big fan of Z95s. I am a huge fan of Z95s. It's interesting that uh, he's, he's opted for the slightly more expensive Talus Squadron over the, the regular Bandit Squadron pilots. Mm. Uh, obviously going for, for a pilot skill hit there, because yep. uh, pilot skill four versus pilot skill two. Yep. So uh, in the, uh, the situation where you're playing against uh, 
other people with Z95s, you're often going to get the uh, the jump on them. Yep, get the, uh, uh, get the PS kill in there. But the problem is, it also means you're a little bit more vulnerable to blocking from uh, Academy pilots and bandits. Uh, I think you're relying, with this list, you're relying on the fact that your six ships are probably going to outnumber most of the strategies mm. you see on the other side of the table, so you aren't going to be affected by blocking too much. Yep. Seems so, like a, a really smart choice. You also get the uh, ability to fire before the contracted jump masters, mm -hmm. the contracted scout, sorry, the jump masters, they're pilot yep. skill three, I believe. Indeed. So you're, you're getting the drop on a lot of lists with yep. this, and it's a very strong initial joust. Yeah, seems like a very, very good meta choice at the moment, I think, having the five Talos squadrons. Yeah, it's a very good list. Uh, I believe we have another list we'd like to discuss from the uh, the Queensland team. Sure. Do you want to walk us through the Phantoms list, or shall I? Uh, sorry, the, the Phantoms list is from another state. The, oh. the, one, the one I'm talking about is the uh, the new oh, Palpmobile. the new Palp list. Uh, so, uh, for those of you not in the know, the old Palpmobile list is uh, uh, an Omicron Group shuttle pilot, which is uh, a Lambda, the, the base Lambda, mm -hmm. with uh, Emperor Palpatine riding along, uh, which weighs in about 29 points. Uh, you then get uh, two aces, and this is usually any mix of uh, Whisper, Sun Tefel, Darth Vader. You, you you mix and match however you like to get your your two aces to partner with that. Yeah, I believe I believe Vader and Sun are the usual choices there, but I've, uh, I've very, seen very I've seen Carnor and I've seen Whisper. So. Yeah, popping up. It's definitely it's definitely a very uh, sort of standardish build. You swap in the ace to your to your taste, and uh, you're good to go. However, uh, recently we've seen uh, some some new Palpmobiles, and these ones. Uh, forgo the two very strong aces and instead swap in for three slightly cheaper aces. Mm. So the list we're looking at now features the new Inquisitor in the TIE Advanced prototype with uh, Push the Limit, Auto Thrusters and Tidal, uh, an Omega Leader with Juke and Comms Relay, and a Wampa with no upgrades for a, a neat little 14-point Wampa, uh, obviously with the, the Palp Shuttle. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on this list, Chris? Yeah, I'm uh, actually really interested to see this list fly because I think people have got enough experience now of playing against the Palp Shuttle sort of standard builds that uh, I guess they're getting a bit old hat. And not only that, but they're also very vulnerable to those huge initial salvos from the, uh, the Jump Masters, I feel. Having that extra ace can really help out. Yeah, that's definitely true. I, I really like the synergy as well between Womper and the Emperor mm. with the... Uh, Wampa's low pilot skill usually means he's going to shoot after uh, other aces, yep. especially the other aces in your list. So you'll, if you have your palp die change left over, add a crit to Wampa's roll, cancel it out, and get that damage card on the enemy. Yep, and that is super relevant against a lot of these regenerating rebel lists we're seeing as well. If you can sneak through a couple of good shots with Wampa, you don't really care how much uh, Poe's regenerating his shields. Yep, it's uh, certainly certainly strong synergy for this list. Another great meta choice at the moment. Mm. But it, uh, it brings us up to an interesting point that has sort of become apparent in the last few waves with, uh, with the Imperial builds. They've got access to so many solid, cheap aces now. They're not looking at, you know, 40-odd point whispers anymore. Yeah, uh, definitely Definitely starting with probably the TIE FO expansion, introducing uh, Omega Leader with uh, the Com Relay and Juke. Yep. That is a very spicy 26-point package. Yeah, super economical. Fits into so many lists. Mm. We've now followed it up with the release of the TIE Advanced Prototype, which yep. comes with two really good aces. Uh, the Inquisitor, who everyone's already jumped on board with, and Valen Rudor also has lots of applications with that ability. Yeah, I think I think Valen Rudor is a really interesting ace. Um Oh. His, his ability isn't obviously powerful, but it gives you a lot of really cool decisions in-game, which I think is really excellent. He does add on to my, uh, my favourite theory of action economy. He does get to take a lot of actions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, anything which disincentivizes your opponent from shooting you has to be a plus on a ship like a, definitely, uh, a definitely. tide vance. And he also has that, that great interaction with Expose, where their, <laughs> their high pilot skill ace shoots at your Velen Rudor. 
re resolve the attack, and then he takes the free expose action, dropping his agility, raising his attack power, and then gets to shoot back. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing, especially with the uh, the agility of those those uh, tie advanced prototypes. If you can dodge some arcs from the the low pilot skill pilots, you're on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. You are loving life. Uh, I believe we've got one one last list we'd like to discuss from the ATC list. This one belongs to. Uh, I want to say it's a South Australian player, but it might be New South Wales. I've, I've completely forgotten. Let's, let's say South Australia. We don't want to give New South Wales credit where it's not due. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. All right, I've already, <laughs> already kind of dropped the ball by spoiling this one a little bit, but it is a, uh, it is a very exciting multiple phantom list. Uh, that it is, that it is. So I'm super stoked on this. It seems really interesting. So we've got Whisper with Veteran Instincts, a fire control system, recon spec, and advanced cloaking. We've then got Echo with the same loadout. Yep. And then we have the basic pilot skill 2 TIE Advanced Prototype, the CNR Test Pilot. This is an interesting list, Chris. I've, I've, I've been looking at it all day, and I'm just like, that, that's two really, really, really good aces. Like, mm. we've all seen how much work Whisper, a, a properly kitted out Whisper can do, and we're talking about a Whisper and an Echo with yep. the same loadouts, and then partnered with the new very maneuverable tie advanced prototype that thing's dial is insane isn't it it's crazy and even at pilot skill 2 it is still going to run rings around other low pilot skill ships because it can pull off some ridiculous ridiculously tight turns it does it has it has i believe every one maneuver and they're all green you got hard turns banks and straights all green yep and then you follow it up with a barrel roll or a boost and uh, unfortunately obviously here we don't see the title but that title is extremely good Take a target lock, get a free evade token. Really adds to the survivability of this ship. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It also uh, shies away from the, the 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 old imperial norm of ships with more hull than shields. This one's mm. split across two hull, two shield. Yep. So the the random stray critical hit is probably going to get absorbed by the shields, which is really great. Yeah, yeah, I have seen way too many imperial aces die to that badly timed direct hit. So uh, it's interesting to see that slight difference in the shield to hull split. So uh, the Whisper and Echo, though, so I mean, like Jacob said, we've seen Whisper a million times in a million different competitive lists. I mean, that, that kit out on Whisper is well proven. It's very, very strong. Having multiple focus a turn to be able to use it on attack and defense, then getting extra focus from cloaking. It has been a while, though, since we've seen uh, Phantom lists at the, the top tables, since the, the, the nerf that came to them a couple of waves this ago. This is true, this is true. I, I have a feeling that maybe this person hasn't read the... Uh... The updates. <laughs> yeah, they're going bald steep on the uh, on the Phantoms because Echo is one we don't see a lot of. I, I'm personally very fond of Echo. Every time I've flown a Phantom, I've been flying Echo. That bank for the uh, decloat really messes up your opponent's plans. Mm. You can do some some odd blocks with it, and it's it's a great arc dodger. Probably yeah. the best that the Imperials have. Even better than Suntir. I know that's controversial. Uh, no, I'm I'm not going to disagree with you there. I think, like you say, having that uh, banked decloak gives you so many more movement options to change your firing arcs. Uh, and despite the, the cloak nerf of ages ago now, but uh, it still gives you so many more options with your positioning. To be able to do that and then you know, pull off a one hard turn, you can end up essentially doing a green K turn. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how some of these lists do at the ATC. And uh, after the tournament happens, we'll definitely bring back a report for you guys and let you know how things went down there. We'll uh, try and get some information fed back up to us. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do our best to uh, suck up to the players who actually went, who have been playing for, well, much longer than us at least. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Chris and myself, we've only got a, a few months of play experience behind us, but we've definitely played a lot of games before X-Wing, strategy mm. games and card games, so we're, we're bringing a lot of uh, previous experience that we're converting over to X-Wing knowledge. 
We don't, however, have any tournament results backing us up. So uh, take all of our information with a grain of salt. We're here more for education than information. Probably, probably oh, entertainment, not education. That's the one. No, I'm definitely all about the education. I, I can't even pretend to be entertaining. What am I talking about? <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we should we should move on to the. Come as a forced laugh, man. Come <laughs> on, that was savage. Oh, that was tough, man. You're just not that <laughs> funny. Um, I think we should move on to the uh, the section that everyone's really tuning in for the the brews. Please let's. Oh dear God. Uh, so, uh, Chris, I believe you've uh, in you you know after a few beers in you've come up with a really spicy list that you'd like to share with us today. I would. All right. So uh, I've been just going really deep on scum lately. I've uh, I've kind of grown a bit bored of the imperial meta of just either you know crack shot swarms or ace heavy lists. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to build myself a scum list that's really good at dealing with those high pilot skill ace lists. So I've got a Torkoal Mux with an Ion Cannon turret, Guri with Predator and Auto Thrusters, and then three Binaire Pirates in Z95s, and two of those guys have got Feedback Arrays. Uh, the Feedback Array. That is a popular ace killer. I love it. So uh, we'll walk us through your decision-making ship by ship here. Sure. Okay, so Torkoal Mux's ability, for those of you who aren't aware, can uh, turn an ace at range 1 to 2, down to pilot skill 0 during the attacks. Uh, so it means that things like Poe Dameron don't get to shoot first and blow one of your jousters out of the sky without getting any return fire. Strong. Yeah, seems seems really good. It also is ridiculous against those uh, odd Whisper lists because it completely shuts down Whisper. If Whisper gets close to talk or Whisper just dies. That it does. That it does. Uh, and so, points are a bit tight. I went the, uh, the 99 point route with this one. I could have gone for TLTs on Torkoal, but I instead went for Ions, just to save a point. Um, Torkoal and Guri being scum aces have very poor pilot skill, so having that ability to be one point down and try to get the initiative uh, can sometimes really save your skin against you know, any generic pilot skill 3 or 5 jouster. Um, and then, since I had Torkoal Marks, I wanted to get Ions out there, because Ion Cannons are very strong against certain builds of Poe. So against the R2 builds of Poe, uh, the Ion Cannon is much stronger, whereas obviously against the R5 P9, the, uh, the stress builds are much stronger. Yeah. Um, and then Guri combos really well with that. So Guri is essentially my ace here. Unfortunately, the low pilot skill does really hurt. Pilot skill 5, I believe, right? Mm. Yeah, it's quite low. Yeah. Uh, and instead of going for VI, because I'll be honest, the jump from 5 to 7 is not a very significant one. Yeah, I think 8 is the real breaking point for, for pilot skill and aces. You really want to hit 8 or higher. Yeah, I feel like a true ace has to be at least pilot skill 8, preferably 9, um, which we'll discuss in a bit, actually. But um, yeah, the, the jump from 5 to 7 isn't really worth VI. I mean, it means I could shoot before Kyle Katarn. <laughs> which Might is... be relevant in the local meta. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I feel like VI wasn't the right decision. So I went with Predator, because Guri tends to always have a... Uh, uh, tends to have a focus when they're shooting. So push the limit could be strong. So you can, for instance, reposition with a boost or barrel roll and get a focus and a target lock. Uh, but I instead went for Predator because it just combos so strongly with Torkoal's ability. Gives you the uh, the extra re-roll, right? Instead of re-rolling one dice, you re-roll two. Re-roll two. Yeah. Um, which is really strong against an ace who's been Torkoal'd and it just means that Guri is a lot stronger if you can arc dodge around like a, a pilot skill two uh, X-Wing or Z95 you can pretty much be very certain you're going to take off several damage 
quite often you can get a one shot with a decent spiky roll. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before before anyone asks, my uh, my dice rolls have been absolutely off the charts lately. So I'm just waiting for karma to catch up to me, and I'm probably gonna break like a hundred bones in my body in the next month or something. Yeah, that sounds about reasonable. That that would probably not be unfair. I uh, dare say Jacob will have something to do with that. To be honest. Oh, maybe. Uh, so so walk us through the feedback arrays. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. So. Frankly, feedback arrays are probably one of the best ways to fill in a spare two or four or six points in a scum list you have. Feedback arrays on Z95s are well worth the trade-off, uh, I find, in a lot of situations. Like, sometimes, sure, that ion will completely wreck you because it means that your moves are completely predetermined. But when you're talking about aces like a regenerating Miranda, a regenerating Poe, if a, you just... uh, a, an untouchable Suntir that's out of arc. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like a Sunta or a Vader. Any arc dodging ace or any regenerating ace, uh, being able to spike through those last couple of damage without needing to rely on dice. Or arcs. Or arcs, indeed. If you can get into range one, you can be guaranteed that that ace is going to take damage. Um, and it just gives your Z95s so much more value against those high pilot skill aces. And it means that if you do get to the late game, uh, where you have, say two or three Z95s against an ace, normally that's game over because Z95s just aren't manoeuvrable enough. But if you have feedback arrays, it at least gives you a shot at uh, threatening them because if you can get into range one, then you at least have a way to get some damage through. Yeah, seems definitely worth the two points. I I've noticed that your list certainly has a, has a sampling of a few different play styles. You've got a, an arc dodging ace in the form of Guri. You've got a, a turret on your uh, Torkoal, and you've got like a, a strong mini jousting thing going with your mm. uh, Z95. It seems like you've, you've really sort of covered all your bases. Yeah, but I mean, that, that is the, the downside of the list, I think, is that because it, it touches on everything, but it's not really a master of any. Like against a dedicated jousting list, it just gets blown out of the sky. Against a list that is designed to get around, uh, around arcs, one ion turret's not really going to cut the mustard. So it does have a little bit of everything, but it also suffers from that versatility, I feel. Uh, do you want to walk us through the reason why you're running auto thrusters on Guri, seeing as you predominantly want Guri to be at range one of your opponents? Uh, sure. So there's a few reasons. One of them is largely a meta choice. Like, TLTs are freaking everywhere, and I am goddamn sick of them. I'm going to be, be To be fair, though, if you're at range one of a TLT, you aren't worried about it, right? This is true, but... Quite often, you don't find one TLT on its own. You find two ships. You know, you or have four ships. <laughs> oh, God, right? Thanks a lot, scum. <laughs> anyway, so it, sure, you can be within range one of one of those turrets, but you are not always guaranteed. Um, the other problem is just Star Vipers die really easily. That's because they're not a very good ship, They're not very good. Like, they, they are squishy. They have four hull and one shield. Uh, and for a three agility ship without an evasion of action, they just get blown out of the sky. That seems reasonable. <laughs> yeah, so uh, given that Guri is essentially my late game piece and is only pilot skill five, I need some way of getting Guri to the late game. That's fair. You do have an extra point. You could spring for a hull upgrade instead of auto thrusters. Uh, that's a very good point, actually. Or uh, a stealth device, even. Four green dice is nothing to, to shake a stick at. This is true. Uh, stealth devices, they're one of those really frustrating upgrades, though, where, you know, some games, they're just busted as hell because that jump from three to four evasion dice is huge. But there, then there are those games where they just spike through that first damage roll. That's fair. Like, uh, I believe that the, the math says, and it's a very simple math one here, is you can spend three points for a hull upgrade, which is going to save you from one damage, or you can spend three points for a stealth device, and if you get a single green evade uh, on that evade dice then you've got a hull upgrade and everything else is 
more value than that. Mm. Uh, and if you're evading a crit, then you've also done more value than a Sound logic. upgrade. Yep. Um, that also does put me up to 100 points. So, and like I said, Guri and Torkoal are very low PSAs, and I think that one point might be worth it. I feel like at some point you just have to go, it doesn't matter if I have the initiative or not, because all my opponents are going to have a higher pilot skill than me anyway. <laughs> that is the scum problem, am I right? Yeah. So uh, what, what do you what do you think your list does really well at? What's your what are your what are your dream matchups when you see your opponent unpack their ships and you're like, I got him. All right. So if I see like a uh, a say two two ace list or a, just a whisper, any list which relies on having say a high pilot skill arc dodging ace, I'm loving my life because if I can get Torkoal to within range two. Which, admittedly, with arc dodging can can be a challenge, but I do have three significant blockers to help gum them up a bit and limit their options. If I can get them down to pilot skill zero and get an ion token on them, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's pretty good. That's good night for uh, for Vader. So hopefully, you know those those very high agility dodgy kind of aces. I want to see them. Uh, I don't mind seeing Poe Dameron because I can put out a fair bit of hurt in one turn. I have three very good jousters. I have Guri, who can do like very big turns. And you can all obviously pilot skill zero eye on him, which yeah, is exactly. not, un not unreasonable. Yeah, exactly. Having, having the ability to have all of my Z95s shoot before Poe blows one of them out of the sky... Feels yeah, pretty good. That's that's not too bad. Uh, so what, what, on the other hand, what are the lists where you see your opponent unpack your ships and you're like... I'm just going to pack up now. What, what, what yeah. do you fear? Okay, so like I said, this list kind of does a little bit of everything, but it doesn't do any one thing super well. So what I don't want to see is a list that has gone balls deep in one facet of the game. So if I, if I see a list that is just the crack shot swarm, it's just a shitload of ships that can joust me down, have a really bursty turn, and you know, even if they only get a few hits off, they can cripple Guri or Torkoal, yep. and then... You know, feedback arrays are completely irrelevant in that matchup. So I'm essentially four points down. So so swarms. I imagine four TLTYs isn't great for you either. Please don't even, don't even, damage don't even talk to me about them. Uh, yeah. I imagine you're not a huge fan of the triple jump master lists. Uh, I haven't had the displeasure of facing it yet, so I'm going to reserve judgment. But I uh, I am slightly trembling in fear. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it's, we're, we're lucky so far that our. Uh, sort of local group hasn't got too many of those flying around yet, but uh, hopefully by next time we'll bring back a report of us uh, defeating some triple jump masters. Yeah, well, Good Games did have six of them in stock the other day, so... Uh... I imagine that those are gone by now, so I'd say that there are two more people playing triple jump masters. <laughs> <laughs> the universe is a harsh mistress. Yeah. And so are the uh, Fantasy Flight developers, but... Oof, yes, they are. All right. So uh, let's talk a bit about your list, Jacob. I'm super interested in this helicopter parents list. Uh, yeah, so... Uh... We are talking about Helicopter Parents 2.4. I've gone through several different iterations of a very similar list. And uh, the one that uh, Chris has just slid me across the table is not quite the, uh, the correct list, but uh, I'll, I'll go through the actual one. So uh, first off the bat, we have the uh, greatest pilot in the resistance, Poe Dameron. It's one hell of a pilot. Uh, that it is. Uh, so we got Poe Dameron with Veteran Instincts, R5P9, and Integrated Astromech. Uh, so he's pilot skill 10, uh, as long as he's got that focus token on him, he's changing die rolls and he's healing shields. And the integrated Astromax there, if that uh, nasty crit that you don't want to see comes through, so he can just pop that right off. Also, zero points for integrated Astromax, ladies and gentlemen. Seems like an auto-include if you don't have the spare points for auto-thrusters. Uh, second ship, this is the... Uh, I, I call it the Poe Multiplier. Uh, it's Karl Katan in his uh, Hawk with a 
twin laser turret and Jan Oars. Uh, and for an elite pilot talent, he has Adaptability, which is also zero points. Thanks for that free auto-include Fantasy Flight. Uh, so Kyle's got the, uh, the consistent damage of the uh, twin laser turret. He also has the ability to toss out focus or evade tokens. Uh, and he is usually pilot skill 7, which is, you know, quite high. He's usually going to be shooting just after the ace batch, but just before everything else, uh, which is a, a good spot to occupy. And uh, finally, rounding out the list, uh, I have three bandit squadron pilots in Z95s for my, uh, my jousters. Yeah, cool. So this is a really, really interesting list, I think. So uh, let's talk us through the slightly different build of posts. Like you said, you've got the, uh, the integrated astromech instead of auto thrusters. So what, what made you decide to get rid of the thrusters, which seemed to be like an auto take on Poe? Uh, auto take for auto thrusters. Nice joke there, Chris. Uh, I'm a funny guy. Well, well you see, my, my main issue with auto thrusters is you are primarily wanting them against turrets. Uh, for Poe Dameron, you probably don't want to be at range three because he's more of a jouster. You know, obviously he's a long game piece jouster, but he certainly doesn't want to be at range three of all the enemies for the all the, for the entire game. Mm. So it's, we're, we're talking about you know auto thrusters to beat turrets, and really there's one turret that sees play, and that is twin laser turret. Yep, yep. And uh, if my math is correct, uh, a twin laser turret rolls three red dice, and Poe Dameron rolls two of eight dice. So even with auto thrusters and a focus, if you roll perfect dice on evade with Poe and they roll perfect attack dice, which with a focus TLT is not uncommon, you're still taking a damage. Mm. So at that point, you might as well just look at running other, other options. So obviously in this list, the two points for auto thrusters has been instead been spent on two points for Jan Ors. Yeah. So yeah. on those clutch turns, Jan Ors can toss an evade token on Poe and now Poe has a much better chance of surviving at least one TLT shot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but not only that, like just that Kyle Katarn build I think is really, really interesting. Because for the longest time, Hawks were unplayable garbage. Thank you, TLTs, for bringing Hawks back into playability. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty okay with that, because Hawks are such a cool-looking ship. But not only that, they, this ship, like having played against this, uh, this build of Kyle a few times now, it adds a lot of spice to that list. So the, the main thing that we're, we're looking at here with the Kyle Katarn, as I said, is it's a Poe multiplier. By having Kyle Katarn in my list, Poe Dameron immediately gets better. On turns where Poe Dameron is stressed or he needs to take a different action. Or Talon rolls. Talon rolls, hits an asteroid, bumps another ship, or any of these situations that occur, Kyle Katarn's there to say, hey buddy, have a focus. And having the focus on Poe makes, uh, makes the R5P9 much more consistent than the mm -hmm. R2D2 mm -hmm. because there is almost never return when Poe's not going to have a focus token on him. Uh, combine that with uh, the TLT, mm. and you now also have a consistent damage dealer. So we're tossing out focus tokens basically for free because the TLT doesn't need you, mean, means you don't need to take an action with your Hawk. Yep. And then Jan Oz is there to give you this, this extra layer of options. Uh, does that point man in your Z95 formation really need to take an evade action this turn? Now he can, at no cost to any of your other yeah. ships. Well, not only that, it means that if you have one of your Z95s in a good firing position and Poe's running off recharging his shields for a few turns, you can toss out a target lock and a focus on one of your Zs. Huge amount of value with Karkatan. Yeah. Def definitely worth it. Weighs in at just 29 points. That's super solid. Uh, we're also seeing, obviously, that I'm using the new adaptability upgrade, which is yeah. the, the, the dual-faced elite pilot talent uh, for zero points. On one side, it increases your pilot skill by one. On the other, it decreases your pilot skill by one. And you choose as the game starts, after you've deployed your ships. This thing's nuts. 
Yeah, isn't it? What the? What were they think? Like, honestly, how... you, you 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 go through go through every list you've ever seen online that's been at a hundred points and has empty elite pilot talents and just write adaptability on them. It's crazy good. Yeah, isn't it just like? And not only that, but it, you know, people will say, oh, you know, there's an opportunity cost because you've you've now spent your elite pilot slot on it, but. I wasn't I going mean, to put anything in that slot yeah, anyway. Exactly, I'm at 100 right? points. Yeah, and that's that's what's so bizarre about the list. It's you you can put an adaptability on, and sure, it, now it means that every elite pilot talent has to at least be better than one point of pilot skill for for free. For like, free. That like uh, when you look at things, so like uh, we know that two points of pilot skill is worth one point, right? Because mm-hmm. of veteran instincts. Here we have one point of pilot skill for. Zero points. By my math, it should be worth at least 0.5 of a point. <laughs> and then once you consider the fact that you have the option of decreasing your skill, and this can be relevant depending on initiative roles, whether you need mm. a blo- an extra blocking ship if your opponent's playing a ton of aces, yep. you have now got options as well. Surely that's worth 0.5 of a point. Surely this is a one-point upgrade, right? You, you would have to think so, but then I guess that's... Then it just becomes this weird playoff between it and veteran instincts. Because let, let's be honest, in probably ninety percent of cases, people are just going to flip it to the plus one skill side and never think again. That's correct. Uh, I think that this is uh, evidence that veteran instincts is undercosted for what it does. Mm. Like, uh, on if you, if we look, for example, at a lot of vanilla ships, uh, like Bandit Squadron versus Talus Squadron, well, yeah. the points difference between them is, I believe, two points. Between a, a bandit squadron pilot and a tail squadron pilot. Oh, uh, you tell me. You're the you're the rebel uh, brewer. Let me let me just quickly double check that for you guys. Sure. Uh, two seconds. But I mean, you, you can take the the tie, tie pilots for instance. Going from a from an academy to an obsidian is a point. Yeah, and that go, gives you two pilot skill, I believe. But who who ever flies anything other than academy pilots, unless it's a black squadron, so you can take. Right, track uh, shot. The, the point I'm trying to make is that that perhaps veteran instincts is an undercost for mm, elite pilot absolutely. talent and adaptability. Because of that, is now also undercosted, yep. and it's uh, maybe going to create a problem down the track. It, this is definitely poor design space because uh, it's, it's actually reducing the decisions you make in list building. Because now you have this, I'll just take that for free. Yeah, uh, yeah. Things like I believe guidance chips, integrated astromech, all these zero point upgrades—they start removing decisions from gameplay because you mm. should just take them because they're free. Yeah, but I mean. Things like integrated astromech are again in a weird sort of design space as well because they're obviously there to make, you know, X wings more playable. In which case, I really think that Fantasy Flight should have just given a title to X wings. Yeah, fair enough. Instead of creating this zero point upgrade that T seventies can take as well. Yep, yep. So it, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm not sure I like it very much, uh, but you know, it, it is what we have now, and so yeah. we need to uh, adapt to this new metal. Hey, all right, <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. So well, let's go back to the helicopter parents list. So uh, yes. what, why'd you call it helicopter parents for starters? So the, the basic strategy of this list, is in the primarily in the early to mid game, is you have uh, your Zeds set up in a, a jousting formation, mm-hmm. and then you have Poe Dameron and Kalkatan who are way off to the edge doing sort of nothing. And they sort of fly about trying not to engage while your jousters engage with the enemy. Mm-hmm. And then... When the, if if you know if your kids are in trouble, the helicopter parent swoops in and uh, saves the day. So you basically want to hold back with Poe because Poe is going to get more value the longer the game goes on. Mm-hmm. The, every time that Poe is alive is making him worth more and more than what he is worth on paper. Sure. Uh, same goes with Karkatan. Every time he's giving out that focus and firing his TLT, he's generating more and more value. Sure. So th- this is something that you can see with lots and lots of different ships. They they have sort of, they, they get more and more valuable as the game progresses. Right. Other ships obviously go down in value. For example, uh, an Academy pilot mm. in a TIE fighter 
gets worse and worse the longer the game goes on because yeah, they're just absolutely. not doing enough. So, uh, but that means then, if you've got your three bandits, so you've got 36 points of jousters just flying down their lane and they run into uh, 100 points worth of jousters, surely they're just going to get blown out of the sky. Uh, it's all about making sure that you're engaging on the right line. Uh, mm. I tend to play with a, a really bizarre formation that's a bit different from the usual pinwheel. Okay. So it allows me to sort of bring my guns all to fire on one of their pilots whilst they're only going to get some amount of range three shots back. So it's not quite arc dodging. It's not quite straight on jousting. It's a bit of like guerrilla warfare where you're trying mm. to maximize your smaller numbers against their larger numbers. Yep. You also can't count out the fact that you have a TLT popping away at range three. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like we went through with my list, let's, let's talk a bit about what do you think are the, the lists you really want to come up against with this? What are you really good against? Uh, I'm pretty happy when I'm playing against swarms. Uh, mm -hmm. As long as I, I sort of hit them at the right angles, you they usually can't handle the long game potency of Carl plus Poe. Yep. Uh, I'm also a fan of playing against ace lists. Uh, I joust well with them, and my aces tend to be at least as good, if not better, than their aces. So it just comes down to who can fly it better. Yep. And uh, so it's just uh, it's really onto the, like the having a steady hand and f flying well. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I uh, haven't really experienced it a lot, but I imagine I would do reasonably okay against the triple jump master list. Yeah, like you've, got, you've got those five ships. You've got like a, a I've got solid some disposable ships to, to throw yeah. at them, and then I can mop up with my other ships. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like the really dedicated jousting lists. So mm. not, not the swarms, but like the, you know, triple, triple X-wing lists four X-Wing lists, those sort of things. Those are quite tough. Yep, yep. Um, I have struggled in the past playing against Palpmobiles. Uh, it's the, the consistency of their dice can sometimes be a bit tough to beat. Yeah, but okay. really, this, this list is sort of like a meet-all-comers sort of thing. It's not yeah, particularly it, great against anyone, but it's not particularly bad against yeah, anyone. Yeah, it seems like it kind of follows that the current meta trend of what Rebels seem to be doing a lot, isn't it? Which is, you have a small number of Z95s because they're just solid dependable dice yep an ace and a tlt <laughs> yeah right that's like, the list <laughs> that's it i mean and then you have you know slight tweaks on that whether the tlt is on a y-wing whether it's with or without stress bot yeah but all, all these decisions to make oh it must be tough being a rebel <laughs> not as tough as playing scum all right so uh let's take these lists to the table and see how they fly yeah sounds good ready to uh, discuss the uh, the game we played with those two lists? Uh, yeah, let's do that. So, uh, do you want to walk us through the deployment, Jacob? Uh, so, uh, I believe that we... Uh, how do, how do, who, who had initiative for this game? I believe you you took the initiative for this yeah, one. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, so, the, the basic asteroid deployment was essentially three very clearly demarcated lanes. Yep, so there were three asteroids on one side of the board, three asteroids on, one, on the other side of the board in straight lines. So, the, the board was divided into thirds. Yep, yep. Uh, Chris puts down his, uh, his Z95s facing towards one of the board edges, uh, in one of the corners. Yep. Um, with his Guri and Torquemarks, uh, on either side of them, with the Torquemarks being closer to the edge of the board. Yep. Uh, I deployed my Z95s in the opposite corner, facing towards the opposite table edge, mm -hmm. uh, with Poe and Kalkatan slightly off to the, closest to the, the edge on the left. Indeed, indeed. Uh, away from, away from Chris's units. Yeah, so, uh, essentially the way the initial movement played out is that the Z95s of mine banked back around and 
cut across into the middle lane where the uh, main joust was going to take place. Uh, my guys flew straight up the middle lane to engage in the middle joust. Right. Uh, so it was at this point that I took a bit of a weird move and I cut across in front of Jacob Zed's and he took a very aggressive four forward. That I did. Yeah, so uh, what ended up happening was that Jacob's aces were essentially in front of my whole list. However, it also meant that Jacob's Zeds were now essentially behind my line. And uh, some range one shots happened, didn't they, Chris? Yeah, they were they were not pleasant, I'll be, I'll be frank. I didn't love life. I believe we, we both lost a Z95 in the initial joust, and uh, I believe Torkel took, took some amount of damage. Yeah, Torkel, Torkel took a few, uh, few glancing blows, but he came out of it all right. Yeah, I don't think he did too badly. Mm. Um... And then from there, I believe some, some blocking happened. I, some sharp turns happened with my Zeds to, to block off your everything. Pretty much uh, my everything. It, it was a clusterfuck, uh, to whilst, put it politely. Uh, whilst Poe and uh, Kyle sort of just jetted off, uh, not really caring. Yeah. Uh, about this point, I believe Kyle started taking some damage, but the TLT was definitely doing some work for me. Yeah, definitely. Like, you can never discount a TLT. Because, I mean, Hawks have become such a good, uh, a good vessel to put them on. Like, I think I really like having... Having very, a TLT on a Kyle rather than just on like a Grey Squadron or something. Very aggressively costed as well. As I said before, my, my Kyle Katan with Janors and TLT and adaptability uh, is only 29 points. So less than most aces. But how fucking good is the dial though? Oh, what a great dial. I've got oh, all of four green moves. Uh, <laughs> and they're all shit. Uh, yeah, luckily you don't really care too much about maneuverability. You just sort of fly in this sort of big square around all yeah, of the other just, ships. Yeah, you just keep taking two banks and two hards and just... Yeah, and you're fine, basically. Laps. And yep. just doing TLT things, just shooting TLTs. Just, I don't just think I've ever actually there. taken a red move with my Hawk, ever. Uh, I've done a four straight once to try to get range two on someone who's behind me, following me. Okay, that's that's reasonable. It's probably surprising. You'd get me. I didn't even know they had a red four. Pretty sure. Now I'm <laughs> they they definitely do. They definitely do. I just never would take it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I believe that at this point Kyle's taken some damage, but I believe another Zed had fallen, and yeah. uh, my Zeds had focused down Torkel. Uh, yeah, Torkel, Torkel only had about one or two turns of being relevant, but during those turns he did make life a bit more difficult uh, for Poe than it needed to be. The, the turn that my uh, Zeds got to finally focus down Torkel, unfortunately, Torkel is pilot skill 3, mm. and my Zeds are pilot skill 2. So Torkel fired at Poe, who had just done a talent roll and was stressed, mm. and hit him with the ion cannon and ionized him. And then my Zeds finally took down Torkel. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, it was uh, my one Zed, uh, Poe Dameron and Kyle versus yep. your one Zed and Guri. One Zed and Guri, I believe. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I believe this is about the point where Kyle dies as well. Yeah, uh, and, and Poe's essentially out of the game for a turn as well now because with stress and ion, he yeah. has no way of regenerating. He's essentially irrelevant for a turn. Uh, l luckily for me, uh, Guri was also stressed after performing an S-loop. Yes. And a lucky crit slipped through on Guri <laughs> uh, and flipped up. I'm not, I can't remember the name of the damage card for the life of me, but gave Guri another stress. So we had a double stress Star Viper. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that's not really where they want to be, because a, a Star Viper without actions is super exposed. Like, their dials are surprisingly crap. And they're just not that durable. Like, no. Mm, for a, for a three agility a ship, <laughs> yeah, but like a three agility ship that costs twice as much as a TIE Fighter, that's a problem. Twice as much. It's actually more than twice as much. Uh, basic, thank you, Jacob, for uh, your basic star pointless Viper. pedantry. Uh, a basic, basic Star Viper is worth more than twice as much as a basic Academy pilot for mm. two health more. 
yeah, I think in pretty much every situation, I would just straight up rather have two Academy pilots. With an upgrade. Yeah, right, why not? Uh, with all those sweet upgrade slots that you get on the uh, Academy ties. <laughs> hey, hey, that's, uh, that's like a free one-pointer on something else, surely. Yeah, anyway... Uh... Unfortunately, uh, from here, the game didn't really go too well for Scum, as uh, Poe sort of mopped up Guri. Uh, the, the game went on for, for many turns of Guri sort of dodging out of arcs and running around, but, uh, yeah, but the finally was... lined up some shots and went down. Yeah, that, that's just it. I mean, the, the Star Vipers have like a pretty sweet action bar. I mean, they've got, you know... All the, all the ones you want. They've got boost and barrel roll for arc dodging. They've got focus and target lock for kicking out damage. But... No evade for defense! Yeah. Really a letdown, Chris. Yeah, it is. Because like I said, they are deceptively easy to kill. I mean, they, they have, you know, a fair bit of hull and they have a shield and they have three green dice. But if you focus one down, they just they just kind of disappear. They and drop like smoke. scissors cutting through paper. To use the rock, paper, scissors analogy that is X-Wing list building. Yeah, yeah. So Star Vipers are like... In a rock, paper, scissors analogy, they are something that dies to all three and doesn't beat anything. Yeah, that's a pretty good way of summing it up. Hopefully, at some point, we see like a Scum Aces set where we get a cool upgrade for the Star Viper. Maybe we'll get a title that is relevant. Instead of Virago? Yeah, right? Uh, I feel like you used Virago fairly well in one of your adapted lists that this you played, uh, played recently. I believe you took an inertial dampeners and it saved you from getting blocked. It, it did, because like I said, I... Uh... A Star Viper without an action is pretty dead. So, I mean, Inertial Dampeners and or Glitter Stim, I think, are both really strong upgrades, but I'd... The only way that it would make a Star Viper worth it is if the Glitter Stim was free. Like yeah, it's... and the Star Viper cost half as many points. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so, some of the main things that sort of came out of this game... Uh... Blocking was very important as always. Yeah, Jacob's uh, blocks were insane in this game. Uh, yeah, they were, they were fairly good. There were some, some good blocks as well done by, by Chris's uh, scum Zeds. Uh, Z95s really, really pull their weight as like really efficient blockers that mm. still have decent stats so they yeah. don't die to a stiff wind like an Academy tie. Yeah, but I mean, having that barrel roll can also be really huge for a good block because having that little bit of extra manipulation on your... Uh your movement can really help setting up a sweet block sometimes. That, that is true. That is true. The, the, academy, the Academy ties, excellent blockers, terrible survivors, whereas the Z95s yeah. were sort of tapping into the best of both worlds. Yeah, Z Z95s are a lot more relevant at the end of the game, I feel. Like, if you're down to two Academy pilots and an ace, it's probably good night, at least. I think that means you're down to an ace. <laughs> yeah, two, two Z95s at least feel a little bit more durable. I feel like they're a little bit better on attack because they have a target lock, which is super relevant late game. Those target locks are excellent. There's been many a game where I've sat on my target lock for 12 turns until mm. I can line up all my shots. Right? Yeah. Like, sometimes target locks are really, really underrated in this game. People just either don't take them when they should, or they just spend them willy-nilly because, well, I've got a target lock and I want to re-roll that one dice. Yeah, there's definitely some lack of fundamental math understanding by players on whether they should be taking focuses or target locks, whether they should boost into range one or take a focus, those mm. sort of things. Yeah. Hopefully over over the course of our podcast, we'll get to touch on a bit more of the math side of the game. I, I would love to touch myself with more math. I, I know you would, buddy. Uh, it is terribly lonely, isn't it? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the thing is like we, Chris and myself, we, we definitely have like a sort of a strong grip on the math side of the game and we'd mm. like to be able to bring that to you guys, sort of help you with some 
Mm, what should I do in this situation tips? Yeah, because, I mean, essentially it is just pattern recognition, right? Once you know the correct play, it is almost always the correct play. Yeah, it's obviously always good to have the intuition to know when you need to deviate from a plan, but mm. having a plan in the first place is going to get you a lot further than just, oh, i got a good gut feeling about this one. Not just that, having a plan and not three plans. Yeah, uh, one of the things that I think that Chris performed really well in this game that we played was uh, target prioritization. He clearly like highlighted that Karl Katan was something that needed to go down for the success of his list. So he focused fire on Karl Katan, and Karl Katan went down fairly quickly. Unfortunately, mm. Hawks, not super durable. Yeah, but I mean, the other issue with the list is, you know, Kyle is only there as a multiplier. Kyle, you know, he has a TLT, which is great, but you can donut them. Hawks don't have a great dial. So, I mean, late game, the Hawk isn't going to win the game on its own. Yeah. Whereas if you if you focus down the hawk, there's still a Poe floating around. And sometimes the amount of resources it takes to put Poe out once and for all is a yeah. super frustrating amount. Typically in a game, you're going to get roughly two chances. There's going to be the initial joust where you can hopefully line up your forces on Poe. Then everything breaks apart and everyone flies around for a bit. And then hopefully you'll get a second chance to line everything else up. Unfortunately, if you didn't kill Poe the first time, he's going to be pretty healed up for the mm. second time. And if you don't kill him that time... Game's over, pose one. Yeah, you've, you've wasted way too many resources by that point, and it's, it's essentially game over. The game is a game of resource management, and Poe is a hyper-efficient package that demands way more than his points cost, which is, I know, hard to believe when you look at him, because I believe my Poe Dameron weighs in about 37 points. Mm, but I mean... Oh, no, the... my, no this, this version of Poe only weighs in at 35. Oh, bargain. Uh, no auto-thrusters, no auto-thrusters. Yeah, but I mean, the, the fact that he's so efficient with one focus token, which he doesn't even need to have an action for thanks to having Kyle Katan in the list. Ah, uh, the multiplier. Yeah, it's disgusting because it means you can go, you know what, I'm going to take that red action, get in a sweet position, still have the focus, which is going to give me, you know, one change on all of my attack, all of my defense, and then get a shield back at the end of the turn. It's just ridiculous value. It, it is really good. So, Chris, coming away from this game, uh, do you have any uh, ideas of how you might tweak your list a bit? Maybe to, to be more favourable in this matchup or others, now that you've got some hands-on experience? Uh, yeah, can I be frank? The the pilot skill 3 and 5 ace is a just... It sucks. Yeah, it's not great. I got I had Poe going first, I had Carl going first, then you get to take your couple aces, then all my Zeds go before all your Zeds. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that, that pilot skill 2 to 1 difference between Rebel Zeds and Scum Zeds really hurts. Like... They cost the same number of points, and I get an illicit slot. Oh, uh, you did! You did have feedback arrays I, that I you did, didn't use that weren't very relevant in that game because I never really had a good position for them. Exactly, and that's that's just the issue. Like paying points for access to upgrades feels really rough when it comes at the cost of a pilot skill. Because I mean, pilot skill is one of these weird mechanics where you kind of it only matters in very certain situations, and so every pilot skill between about sort of three to seven is kind of irrelevant. That is correct. But, but like, one to two is a really big difference because you one, have... One, two, and three. One, two, and yeah, three. Yeah, sure. So, you know, at, at one, you have your Scum Zeds, you have your Academies, and then at two, you get your Rebel Zeds. And so then at three, you get the world's worst aces, and you're slightly better than the worst pilots. Yeah, exactly. But there are almost no situations where you have the points you want to sink into upgrading your pilots from, you know, pilot skill one to three that wouldn't be better spent on making your ace better. Yeah, it's definitely a tough one to throw, like, you know, throw up, like, should I go for this or should I go for that? And mm. most players err on the side of upping their, their aces, because yeah. aces are what win you games, right? They're the, the big flashy pieces. Yeah, they're the, they're the cool pew-pew dudes. That is correct. No so, one like, wants to be that idiot 
you know, TIE fighter who gets shot down and crashes into the side of the trench run. That is correct. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's this weird medical where sometimes you get your, your Paul Heavers make the right choice and, you know, I'm, I'm going to take PS4 ships. And unfortunately, the Chris Hudsons don't make the right choices. Yeah, story of my life, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the pilot skill thing is a real kick, though, going from two to one just because you changed from rebels to scum with your Zeds. But that said, I mean, even at pilot skill one, sure, you get, you get good blocks, they're just a really solid, dependable ship. Like, 2222 down the stats. They're, Very solid. They're just a really solid ship. They're good. Guri is really strong. I would just be a huge fan if Guri's natural pilot skill were a little bit better. Even a six. Right? Might make, a, make, make a big difference. But five? That is a tough, tough one to swallow. It's a tough sell. Like, at least being at six, you could take VI to get to eight, and at least then you're tied with base po. Yeah, and you're tied like, with um, other things. Yeah, like you, you, you be basic a, inquisitor. Yeah, that's you, gonna be you, that's gonna be popular. First, yeah, so, so you, you get up there with like a, a bunch of the weird. Yeah, a bunch of the weird like interceptor and tie fighter mm -hmm. aces, which is cool. What um, pilot skills, Miranda? Eight. Eight. Yeah, eight, eight's a good number. I feel like eight's a good place to be. Yeah, because if you can't be ten, be eight. Yeah, because Guri is this like high progressive, like kicks out a heap of damage with those re rolls. You know, you get into range one, you've got four attack dice and a re roll, and you're free focus. Yeah, like, so that, that Predator Guri does a ton of damage, but that Pilot Skill 5 is such a liability. That it is, that it is. So, um, so how, how do you change this? How do you adapt? That's what I'm not sure about. Maybe it's just my flying needs to change, because I would love to have Guri's ability on, like, a Pilot Skill 7 or 8 ace, because Zizor or Sheezer or whatever the heck that idiot's called. The, oh, yes. The, the, Prince the, X. Prince X, we'll call him that. The, the top-level, like, Star Viper... His ability is fine if he is the clutch in your, your list and you want to keep him alive. And you want to be playing a swarm as well, so you've got plenty of places yeah, to put the damage. Yeah, but he's a Star Viper. And he's 31 points. Right? Do you know who else costs 31 points? Tell me. Poe Dameron! Oh! <laughs> so, just, yeah. It doesn't feel fair, does it? It does. It really doesn't. Like, sure, I can palm off a crit onto my Y-Wing, I guess. Yeah. But, like, in the late game, so I've got, I've got the Prince against the best fighter in the resistance yeah, he's one hell of a pilot yeah it's just it just doesn't it doesn't feel quite there so star viper aces have really got me down at the moment i'm gonna be honest maybe maybe the secret is to just not play a star viper maybe maybe, yeah. maybe talonbane cobra is the secret yeah I'm, i believe he starts at pilot skill eight probably i want to take him for a spin and see how he goes also just because i want to get my hands on more predator cards and more crack shot cards those do come with the k fighter yeah shout so. out to the k fighter <laughs> respect <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's probably where I'm looking. Uh, how about you, Jacob? Where's where's your list headed in the near future? Uh, so I've already uh, made some small changes to my list. Version two point five now. Uh, we are at version two point five. Uh, yep. So version two point five, we we lose Jan Ors. We we bid farewell to that that sweet uh, sweet evade, and we welcome the new Kanan Jarrus card from the Ghost. Yeah. So tell us about what Kanan Jarrus does. Uh, Kanan Jarrus is a two point crew upgrade. Um, once per turn. Uh, you're, whenever a friendly ship at range 1 to 2 executes a light maneuver, you may remove a stress from that ship. Sweet. So now we're getting to give a free focus to Poe, and we get to clear his stress? Now this is just getting unfair. Uh, once again, we're just we're, we're opening up more options for, for Poe Dameron. That, that's yeah. what the whole list is about. Sounds bonkers. Um, I believe that is the, the only change between versions uh, 2.4 and 2.5. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm really interested to see, because... Like, Poe's already a huge pain in the ass, let's be honest. Like, killing Poe 
Like, if there are those turns where you don't kill him, it's gross. But when you have a Poe that you can't kill, and then he gets to, you know, Talon rolled in behind you, clear the stress, still have a focus on him. Yeah, it's great. Like, oh man. It's, um... It's it's like it's it's the the cannon Jarus card. It, it opens up a, a clear counter to one of the Poe counters, and one of the Poe counters is obviously yeah, if you double stress him, yeah, exactly. he's bloody useless. Like he just can't do anything. Yeah, I'm like I've already got Karkatan who says if he's stressed, I'm giving him focus, and now mm. I'm like let's just get the stress off him faster. Yeah, yeah. So really, really handing up the fact that that Poe is just this unbeatable thing. Yeah, but then you have the other build where you could also go for uh, the Wingman upgrade, which essentially does a very similar thing. Uh, yeah, Wingman is uh, at the beginning of the combat phase. Select a friendly ship at range one mm-hmm. and remove a, a stress token off it uh, for the for the same amount of points as um as ca- as cannon. Uh, the issue is you have to be at range one. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we've already established that you really want the uh, the Karkatan to just sort of be flying off and away yeah, from everyone else. You really want Poe in there mixing it up. Uh, yeah, otherwise you're not getting that full value out of him. Right. Uh, it's just about knowing when to engage with him and when to fly off with him. So I think that, that Kanan is worth a, worth a checkout, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm definitely going to be putting that on the tables at my next League Day, which is coming up very soon. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see the uh, evolutions of these lists. Mine was probably going to evolve under... A significant number of changes. Mine's uh, already sort of getting getting to the really focused point. So uh, just making these tiny tweaks, testing new things, getting it to be 100% correct before uh, regionals well, in I, a couple of months. I think the 100% Rebel list is just Poe Dameron plus stuff, right? Like, yeah, isn't that, that's po, just the optimal build. Poe Dameron plus 64 points or whatever. That's, that's, the, that's Rebels. <laughs> All right. Uh, So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk a bit about some other lists we've been thinking about flying. Alrighty, so we're back. Uh, We're going to talk about a list that has been brewing away in Jacob's think tank for a little while. I've got many lists brewing in there, but this one, this one's a particularly fun one, and it's uh, it's an imperial list. So we're gonna break away from the uh, the scum and rebel stuff that we've been bombarding you guys with. Um, this is this is sort of uh, we're gonna like sort of break down the theory behind the list and how mm. it sort of came together. So uh, this list is the Power Rangers list. Yeah, uh, it's five tie aces, so to speak. Uh, so we've got uh, Omega Leader who is, uh, while you have a, uh, a tar- the enemy ship target locked, they can't modify their dice uh, when attacking or defending against you. Yep. And Omega Leader is a solved ace. Uh, it always almost has the same build, which is Duke and Com Relay. Same so solid. you stack an evade token, and as long as you have an evade token, you can change one of your opponent's evades into a focus, which they can't focus because if you yeah. have the target locked because of Omega Leader's ability. It's, it's, a, it's essentially a crack shot every turn. It is, and it's a very tight 26-point package, and you can just slot it in anywhere. Yeah. You get the sweet maneuver dial and action bar of a tie FO, uh, reasonably defensive, and you actually add to your offense with this juke ability. Yeah, no, it seems like a really solid little package. And I mean, this this is going to become more and more evident, because every time a new wave comes out, it just is another good, efficient ace that seems to get dropped into the Imperial's lap. Yeah, um, so the... The next ship that makes up the the second Power Ranger is Zeta Leader, who is a slightly lesser used ace from the TIE FO mm. expansion. Uh, so Zeta Leader is um, slightly lower pilot skill than Omega Leader. I believe it's pilot skill 7. Um, and uh, when you attack, you may take a stress to add an extra attack dice. 
so you're upping your offensive power and that's really sweet because that puts you at three attack dice but, but taking a stress jacob that sounds terrible why would i want to take a stress to do well, that well luckily for you you have the elite pilot talent wired for just one point which lets you re-roll your focus results while attacking and defending i believe as long as you have a stress that seems ridiculous so you're, you're, you're way ahead here and because you're taking the stress when you perform your attack you get to take an action before that mm. which leads us on conveniently to our, our third pilot but before that we also have a com relay on zeta leader com relay is insanely good value on every tie fo that you can fit it on yeah so uh, uh, let's talk about the math behind that shall we uh, we, we, we promised to talk more math. We, we I, did promise to talk about math. I, I, I want to talk math, I'll be uh, honest. All right, Chris, you're a mathematician. Tell us why Comrelay is such a fantastic upgrade. Well, so with Comrelay, it essentially lets you stack tokens. Uh, and so stacking tokens is really, really powerful because it does a few things. One of which is it means that if you have a token early on, you can store it up for several turns until you really, really need it. And the reason this is really powerful is essentially with these really squishy aces, you want to maximize the usage you get out of each action. So, uh, so Jacob has, he's kind of summed it up in a nutshell for us, I believe. I believe he stole it from the internet, but I'll, I'll give him credit for it. What was, what was your, your logic, the, the one golden rule behind when you want to take a com relay? Uh, as soon as you're spending 20 points or more on a uh, TIE FO, the, the survivability you get from a com relay is, is really, really high because it's three points and it is strictly better than a hull upgrade because mm. that evade token is going to save you from one hit or crit and it's probably going to do it multiple times over the course of the game and it ties back into that theory that i keep mentioning of action economy mm. because as long as you have that evade token on your ship you're essentially taking a free evade action every turn yeah exactly so it means that no, oh, you take an evade your opponent can just choose not to shoot that ship and you've wasted your action for a turn with a com relay you store that token up until you need it and as was said, you can use it to, you know, skip out on, oh, I'm going to take a really bad crit here. I'm just going to ignore that using my token. Yeah. So it, it, it just, it, it opens up your options. Uh, it's, it's, it's three points. It doesn't occupy your modification slot. It doesn't occupy your elite pilot talent slot. This, this tech slot that only T70s and TIE FOs have, mm. really, really powerful slot. Like, sometimes just the, the ability to have upgrades makes a huge difference. Yeah. So, uh, who's the next ace in the Power Rangers list, Jacob? Uh, so, the next ace, as I mentioned, uh, being able to take an action, we have Youngster. So, Youngster is a, a new new original TIE Fighter ace that was introduced in the Assault Carrier. Mm. Uh, he is 15 points at pilot skill 6. And his ability is, all your friendly TIE Fighters, uh, TIE FOs or regular TIE Fighters, can take his action as if it were their own uh, from his elite pilot From talent. his elite pilot talent. So... Originally, when he came out, he was kind of ignored because there was a very limited list of actions on EPT slots. Uh, he's, he's recently uh, surged into popularity with the printing of the card Rage. Yep. Uh, so Rage is an elite pilot talent that costs, I believe, two points. Might Something only be like one. Uh, and it gives you the ability to take two stress to add a focus token and the ability to re-roll all your attack dice this yeah. time. So normally you look at that and you kind of, uh, you say, well, that's great. I can, you know, make all of my ties have a huge bursty turn, but then they're stressed out. But yeah. I mean, that's fine if all your enemy ships are dead. So yeah, it's a pretty good, pretty good one. Thing. However, on this list, we aren't taking rage. We're taking the, the old standby marksmanship uh, yeah. from the very first corset. I think it comes in. 
That's how early marksmanship's been around. Yeah, so marksmanship lets you essentially change all your focus into hits, except one of them becomes a crit. So it's 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 super focused, but only for attacking. So you don't get the yeah. choice of using it on the defense. Which is fine, because we're talking about TIE fighters here. They're, they're going to die. Uh, we, we want to keep our Power Rangers alive. They're, <laughs> they're reasonably defensive with their comm relays and such. Yeah, so uh, so this really ups the uh, the offensive abilities, though, of this little little squad. Yeah, because we come to our, our fourth Power Ranger, who really loves the fact that they can take marksmanship because of Youngster's uh, EPT, and that's Wampa. So Wampa is the uh, another of the new uh, TIE Fighter Aces that were introduced in the Imperial Assault Carrier. And uh, after you do your attacks, you can cancel all your die results. And if you cancel a crit, you can inflict a... Is it a face-up damage face card? Face-up damage card. face-up damage card straight to your opponent. Straight Ignore through shields. shields. And uh, with uh, marksmanship, you're all but guaranteeing a crit. It's, it's excellent. Yeah, the chances of hitting a crit are ridiculous. And then being able to bypass their shields and give them a crit card... It's crazy. Excellent at hunting, regenerating aces, regular mm-hmm. aces, other ships, just about anything, really. Pretty much excellent at hunting things that have hulls, right? Uh, yeah, just just ships. You have to kill ships with it. It's yeah, seem, that seems solid. I like killing uh, ships. All right, cool. And, and finally, we have the the oldest standby in the uh, the Tie Fighter Ace Department, and that's Hal Runner. Oh, she's my waifu. Uh, she has the fringe of authority. If you've <laughs> seen her art. Uh, so she's an 18 point TIE fighter so she's about as expensive as a regular TIE fighter can get but all your friendly ships at range 1 can re-roll one dice per attack yeah so against you know even just a normal TIE fighter that re-roll makes your 12 point TIE fighters essentially worth 15 points worth of ship yeah it's it's, it's really fantastic and so what we have here with this this 5 mini ace list not a mini swarm it's a mini ace list is we have tons and tons of synergy so Youngsters giving this pilot talent to Wampa, who's also getting a reroll from Hal Runner, and Zeta Leader is rerolling their focus results and a blank because of Hal Runner, and Omega Leader's got the the rerolls as well to make their jukes even more effective, and they all can take marksmanship if they like. It's it's a really synchronized list. They yeah. all use each other. Yeah, and so one of the things we talked about before is this importance of prioritizing your targets. You need to kill the thing that scares you the most. Unfortunately, I've, I've had a friend who I loaned this list to. Uh, I said, give it a go. And uh, their Wampa got targeted down very, very quickly, followed by their Omega leader. And their opponent really just target prioritized the right parts. And that's mm. that's one of the f- sort of fatal flaws, unfortunately, with this squad. It's, it's a really fun idea. But as soon as you start sniping out the, the pieces that make the whole list synchronize, it all goes downhill from there. Yeah, but, uh, but I still think it's like a really, really cool concept because it, it shows the power in not playing a strict swarm because, I mean, all of these are, they're all named aces and yet you put them all together and you get this really, really powerful synergistic package. Yeah, you've got, you got a lot of really high pilot skills. You've got two pilot skill eight pilots, a pilot skill seven, a pilot skill six, and poor Wampa is a pilot skill four. But for 14 points, you really can't complain. Yeah, right. I mean, we're talking two points more than an academy tie. Yeah, for a lot more than an academy tie. Yeah, seems really good. And like you said, the, the the combinations you get with being able to marksmanship him up to almost guarantee that crit combined with a howl runner reroll, then you've got oh, it's it just... all it all works so well together. It's it's a really really great list. Yeah. I, I urge you to to give it a go if you want to try something a bit different for Imperials because it almost always falls into I'm playing aces, I'm playing a swarm, or I'm playing a big ship with aces, or I'm playing a big ship with a mini swarm. Yeah. This is a little bit different. This is like a mini swarm of aces. It's like a 
hitting all of the right notes for an Imperial player. Yeah, it's really interesting. So do you think that when you're flying it, do you fly it closer to a swarm or do you fly it closer to a bunch of aces? Do they go their own way or do you try to keep them bunched up for as long as possible? I really think that's the benefit of this list is you have the options to adapt to different, mm. different situations. And even if you... Uh, I, I feel like one of the ships here might even have an empty EPT slot where you can jam in a uh, adaptability oh, if you'd like. Why wouldn't you? I think Halrunner has an EPT slot. Halrunner does indeed have. Oh, there you go. There's a free adaptability for you guys. Yeah, so... Uh, we, we did talk about adaptability before, but it's... Yeah, it's so odd now because you just can go back and relook at old lists and you just find a way to slot in that adaptability. It's... It, it does it does pose uh, another sort of extra level of yes. gameplay challenge because now you have to you know before you could really expect like these are the pilot skills I need to play around play around and now yeah. anything goes anyone can have any pilot skill you know they're telling people that dreams can come true yeah and not only that but it's it's determined at the start of the game which is kind of an odd thing for a and an it happens card. after deployment it's it's really confusing I'm not sure I'm not sure I like it. We'll, we'll see how that plays out, but uh, I'll keep my opinion to myself in the interim, I think. Uh, so, uh, we, have a, we have a gaming day coming up very soon. Uh, the next couple of days or so, we're going to be hitting the tables for some X-Wing. Uh, what are you planning on bringing with you, Chris? What, what are you going to be reporting back to us with? Oh, gosh, I, I actually can't decide. I've been, I've been deep in the brew tank lately. Uh, I've got a few more scum lists with some different configurations of aces. Uh, I've been really enjoying Palab Gadali lately. He is really, really good against aces. Right, and especially Poe. Being able to steal that focus that he relies on so heavily, I mean, the downside is it means you're within range two of Poe, so Palob's probably... Ah, he's good for one run. deep shit, yeah. But uh, Palob, the ability to steal focus is super, super strong because it, it plays against your opponent's action economy, which is a really, really strong concept. Can, can Palob steal evade tokens or just focus? I believe it's just focus, isn't it? I'm not 100% certain. We'll I probably should look that. this up, but no one ever takes evades. No, just focus. <laughs> yeah. It just, uh, it's almost always better. Yeah, unless you know your ship's about to get smashed. Yeah. And they have no shots. But uh, We'll yeah. do the math on that one next time for you guys. We'll, we'll run it out. Um, but yeah, Palob. Palob's been really strong for me. Um, and the ability to chuck a TLT on him and make him relevant for dealing damage and for just messing with your opponent's game plan is super legit. So you'll, you'll definitely be playing Scum and you'll be definitely putting down a TLT Palob, but uh, anything else could go? I, I think if you're playing Scum, you just have to be playing a TLT because the rest of your options aren't that good. Not yet. I'm sure you'll get some more good things. Uh, you did just get Triple Jump Master, so... Yeah, this is true. Triple, triple Jumps is pretty legit, but I mean, that gives us, what, like, four relevant ships? Something like that. Because, I mean, no one's playing M3s because they're kind of terrible. Yeah, and I'm not sure the G1A is going to be good enough to see play either. It's the, the yeah, mistunter for those of you playing along at home. It's, it's interesting. I, we'll, we'll see if anyone comes up with something spicy for that. I am but, looking forward to seeing cloaking device on all sorts of ships. I believe the other day I did see a Palob with TLT and cloaking device on a table. Yeah, so. that was that was bizarre. I'll be honest, I don't know if the jump from uh, 2 agility to 4 agility is worth it. Uh, it seems to be worth it on a Phantom. Yeah, this is true, this is true. But they do have the the ability to take advanced cloaking Yeah, device. advanced cloaking and high pilot skill is a very big difference to just making your kind of unmaneuverable hawk slightly harder to kill. That is correct. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, just options feel really poor for Scum at the moment because, I mean, you've got four TLT Y lists and then you can swap a TLT Y for two Z95s. So maybe I'll fly the two TLTY and four Z95 list and just die to arc dodging aces. I don't know. 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll with see that. how that plays out. What about you, Jacob? Have you got anything else spicy for us other than your Power Rangers? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get in at least a game, maybe two, with the Power Rangers, so I can report back and let people know how terribly it goes. But uh, maybe maybe I'll be surprised myself with some success. Um, I'm also really keen to get that uh, new three Ace Paltmobile list down on the table. Yeah, that list see looks how that really goes. sweet. Um, and you know if. Time permitting, uh, usually can get in a few games. Hopefully, I'll be able to get uh, version two point five of helicopter parenting onto the table, and uh, <laughs> maybe see we'll how that see two point six by next week. Yeah, um, maybe we'll maybe we'll have another update. Who knows? Yeah, please please keep us updated on the status of those friggin' auto thrusters versus Gen Ors. This is this is captivating <laughs> it, podcast. It's a tough decision to make, I tell you. <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think that's gonna just about wrap us up for today. I think we think we've covered enough today. Excellent. So uh, thanks so much for listening and we'll uh, catch you guys next time. See you later. Later. Thanks for checking out Brews with Brews. Remember to hit us up on Facebook or check out our WordPress at brewswithbrews.wordpress.com. Cheers, guys, and fly casual.